This is the best of Sports Channel 8, the radio show podcast. Part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the best of today's Sports Channel 8, the radio show. But I have to ask you, Brian Geisinger, ACCSports.com and the ACC Sports Journal, does today kind of feel like college basketball for real on Tobacco Road? You've got two big games for UNC and Duke. Unfortunately, State had a game canceled this week uh, with William & Mary. But Duke uh, against Michigan State, that is a top 10 matchup. I believe I saw that Duke leads all time in uh, hosting top 10 matchups uh, at Cameron. Um or maybe it was being in top 10 matchups. And then UNC Stanford, which is turning into a sneaky big matchup, which I know you can tell me about, Brian Geisiger, mm-hmm. because of a star player for Stanford. Uh, what can you tell me about this kid, Zaire? Zaire Williams, yeah, he's awesome. Um, I mean, he had it rolling uh, last night against Alabama. Like, he's such a comfortable pull-up shooter. Um, he's got, like, he's not, like, you know, he's not the best prospect in the draft. He has some limitations in terms of, like, physicality, finishing at the rim, but an excellent team defender, which you saw that on display last night. And then just the the pull-up shooting and the shooting off the catch. Uh, when, when he's in rhythm, I mean, yeah, what can you do? Uh, he's a really good player. Uh, and, yeah, UNC, I, I would imagine Leaky Black will get that assignment, and that'll be a fun uh, matchup uh, within the matchup tonight, uh, you know, when Stanford and UNC play. College basketball leads off the things that you could talk about at lunch. Um, Brett, are the things you can talk about before you shower lunch? I've showered two days in a row now, Dennis Cox. I'll have you know, even though I'm staying at home. Um, let's stick right there, Brian Geisker, and talk more college hoops. Again, Duke in a top 10 matchup tonight. Let's talk about the team that also played last night, but again plays today. Mm-hmm. Uh, UNC. In the, am I okay to call it the Mashville Invitational? I thought it was kind of cool. Other people told me I should shut up. It's the Maui Invitational <laughs> in Asheville. The Mashville yeah. Invitational. I like it. But yeah, I'm, I'm in with it. I say we just go ahead and roll with it. I think the important thing to remember, this this really crystallized in my mind, uh, really watching the afternoon games yesterday and, and into seeing the, the evening games with, with UNC and then Stanford and Alabama. But, like, we think of the Maui Invitational as uh, the name Maui being, like, you know, connected to the physical location of Hawaii. And that's sure. where they play the tournament. I think what's become very apparent is that Maui is actually just a brand. It's Maui Jim sunglasses, right? <laughs> like this tournament, this tournament is not Ma- is not named after Maui now because of its physical location. It's named because of uh, its title sponsor, you know. Uh, yeah. Or I guess Camping World is that as well too, as Bill Walton said a million times. Great having him on the afternoon calls yesterday. That was really gonna, fun. We're gonna get to Bill Walton in just a second, and actually, I will talk. I want to talk some more Maui invitation in just a second, but let's let's talk some hoops since you are a hoop yeah. uh, head and hoop expert. Yeah. UNC got smoked early, but then they smoked uh, Vegas after that. Part of the the uh, change came. Obviously, they had to score at some point, so some mm-hmm. five were going to be on the floor uh, when they scored. But it was kind of that second five. I can't remember if it was a full five change or if he left one guy on the court and brought four on. But basically, not happy with the starters. My question is, how long will all the guys starting right now be starters for North Carolina? Will there be lineup changes? Yeah, it's an interesting question. He kept R.J. Davis on to run the point yes. guard, but yeah, he yes. subbed. He subbed uh, the other four guys off. Which was just real quickly, like, is kind of funny. He was clearly mad at them, but like, 
let's just be, let's be real. Like he started the game with two big guys plus Leaky Black, who can't really shoot all that much, and uh, the uh, the opponent was double teaming uh, the post too. Yeah. So it's like the now I thought UNC did a pretty good job passing it out of the post and then swinging it around early on. But it was also like they're not going to make sure. Like, where are the shooters out there? I mean, you obviously Love and, and Davis are the, the guys you're beat. You're asking to make shots there, and Caleb Love hasn't hasn't looked uh, great at the start of his uh, his UNC career. But um, yeah. So, anyways, I how many guys that are starting for them now will continue to start? I think most of them. Like, I doubt Garrison Brooks is going to get pushed out of the starting lineup. Uh, Caleb Love is their best primary ball handler. And All right, I'll just come shooter. out and say it. Leaky Black. What about Leaky Black? Okay, but then who – I mean, I think he's going to keep starting. Like, Roy sees him as their, his best, their best perimeter defender. Gotcha. And I'm not sure who off the bench is going to sort of like usurp – like, Dayron Sharp might be their best player, and he's coming off the bench. But he has yeah. – he has Armando Baycott, who looks who looks better uh, through two games as a sophomore. I thought he's played pretty well and has moved well, but he's got Baycott and Garrison Brooks ahead of him. So, like, you know, I over the summer Roy was flirting with the possibility of playing um, Garrison Brooks at the three, which would be hilarious for the the like the <laughs> the, the anti shooting lineup, you know. Um, yeah. But clearly, UNC is going to maul people on the glass. They've rebounded forty three percent of their misses so far this season. I bet my bet is that they finished the season ranked number one nationally in offensive rebound rate. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know who would come off the bench above leaky unless you think like, uh, you know, Puff Johnson or Kerwin Walton, you know, those guys really start making shots um, and you want to put one of those guys in above leaky. But no, I think right now, um, you know, barring some unforeseen developments or an injury or whatever, this starting lineup is going to, um, you know, is, is probably the, the one that's going to, start the majority of the games for UNC this season. All right, and then the biggest game tonight, again, the top 10 matchup, Duke versus Michigan State in the uh, Champions Classic, I believe they call this one. Uh, after one game, that's your sample size you have, can you definitively tell me who Duke's best player is? Uh, it, one guy scored the most points, one guy looked the most impressive of the newcomers, <laughs> but one guy on their team was, uh, you know, was the more talked about guy, Matthew Hurt, maybe not more talked about, but maybe yeah. supposed to be their their best player coming in. Uh, can you tell me definitively who their best player is, Brian Geisiger for Duke? It's, pro it's probably Jalen Johnson, though. Like that he's not, correct. he's not perfect. I mean, he he had he was perfect shooting from the field uh, against Coppin State. Uh, uh, what it was he eight of eight, um, including a, he made his one three, 19 points, uh, 19 rebounds, four blocks, a handful of assists. Like he was, he was pretty awesome. Um, you know, he's their best prospect too. Like, you know, Jalen Johnson is a you know, top five to 10, you know, like a lottery pick uh, lock. Um, and man, is he athletic um, and, 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 and long and just a really skilled and fun, graceful player. So, nah, I think like what he's going to do for them, uh, you know, in transition, just being able to grab and go, I think is going to be huge for Duke that lets Matt Hurt run the court and spot up. Uh, and I thought Hurt had an okay game uh, against Coppin State. Uh, they used him a lot to switch out of the pick and roll defensively. So, like, that was something that's, like, kind of interesting. They did that some last season as well. But it was almost like an auto switch with, with most of the ball screen action against Coppin State. And it has to get mentioned, DJ Stewart, he might be their best – oh, man. He's DJ Stewart is their best guard, you know, like, and okay. he had a, gr he had he a great game. And I think he's just going to be a really fun, I mean, hopefully he'll get to play with the basketball fair amount this year, but you know, guys like Jalen Johnson, 
Uh, Jeremy Roach, who had a nice debut, I thought, over the weekend, and Jordan Goldwire, like Wendell Moore. Those guys are going to play with the ball a lot. But what Stewart did as like a, a second side player, you know, catch and go game, catching the ball on the weak side and, you know, either shooting or, or driving to the hoop, I, I thought he was uh, he was awesome. I thought he had an, an outstanding uh, debut just in terms of like, not only do he score a lot of points, but the way he went about doing it, it was just very simple, inefficient offense. I think he's going to be an absolute stud for them uh, this season. The freshman class in college basketball is is pretty awesome, and uh, Duke has two, yep. really, at least two, really good ones. Yep, they're fun. So again, it feels like college basketball for real on Tobacco Road. Afternoon hoops feels like the holiday season, and it's in December. Yeah. So UNC playing in the afternoon feels like that. Uh, although I feel like maybe. The ESPN schedule makers kind of foresaw Duke winning, uh, UNC winning their first round Maui game and lining <laughs> up so that UNC Duke weren't going head to head on the TV schedule. Often that's a, that's a smart thing to do. Um, all right, let's revisit your point about the Maui Invitational. I will say <laughs> we're like if if uh, it took place in Asheville, they basically can make it feel like Ma- if you ran just B-roll of Maui and ne- you know mm-hmm. they, they obviously admit that they're in Asheville. They're not they're not pretending yeah. to, to your point. But like I don't think no you know Roy Williams didn't wear a Hawaiian shirt, but like Bob McKillop definitely did. Several of the coaches yeah. wore the Hawaiian yep. shirt. Same branding, same like Maui topics. Some of the B-roll was for Maui, but again, obviously some was from Asheville. And then a lot of it is Bill Walton just being Bill Walton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's my question. Do you love or hate games being called by Bill Walton? I feel like there's no in-between. I feel like you have to either love it or hate it. I see a lot of people hate it on Twitter. Where do you stand? I, I love it. It's just different. I mean, I, I get if like, I could see how if you're a fan of one of the two teams and you're really locked in and you're trying to, you know, watch 40 minutes of basketball and, and, and see your team get a win. Um, I could see maybe how it's like annoying or distracting and it, you know it seems like he's not focused on the game even though he is because every tangent he goes on is interrupted when like someone goes strong to the rim you know what I mean yep. uh so it's like he's not like he's not locked in but um I love it I, I it's different it's fun it's quirky um everyone sort of like leans into it you you learn something when you like I learned facts about North Carolina Oh sure. The state the state that I've lived in my entire life by watching Bill Walton call a game yesterday. So I like it even though it's maybe not my preferred style, but it's better than my opinion. And I say this as someone that does color commentary as well. Like I like for college basketball, like it, again, it's not my style, but I like it more than just sort of like the your yeah. average color commentator. You the know? bank is open, dare I say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There is Ryan Geisinger showing that Bill Walton. Nah, to me, it's now I forget. I get him in small doses, so yeah. so I like it a lot. And I you, I'm probably more likely to see a, a a Twitter clip of a Bill Walton rant of a Pac-10 game that I fell asleep before it was on. But like, <laughs> yeah. so so I forget what it's like to have him for a full game, and you you can understand the people that don't like him if you're just so used to the normal. And there is the element of like, dude, this. Texas Davidson game is very close late, and yeah. you are talking about you know <laughs> uh, uh, a head shop in in Buncombe County somewhere yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, how, how can you be this disconnected to the game? But yeah. to your point, I think he uh, he is very connected to the game at all times. Um, and, and we talked about this before. We talked about this yesterday with Snoop Dogg calling a boxing match. 
Like, yo, maybe it, like 2020 should have been the motivation to do this more. We've talked about this in the past yeah. with uh, with crews not being on site and maybe allowing sideline reporters to call some more action for the game and have it be weird. And occasionally players will bump into them while they're doing it, whatever. Like mm -hmm. I, Bill Walton is different. And at least that's, you know, there are, there are misses during Bill. Walton. occasionally he's ham handed with the facts or whatever. And you yeah, tell he right. doesn't, you know, he's reading it. It doesn't really know it, but yeah. for the most part, He's different, and I love it. And I know, I, again, I mean, he he drives some people absolutely insane. And yeah, for for my final four, I I want a straight Nance. You know, uh, Bill Billis doesn't do it. I forget who does the the final four now. The Grant Hill Hunter. and Bill Raftery. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, yes, I want Nance and Raftery, and yeah, and and a former player uh, in there calling it together like that. I want that for my final four. For my regular season. Give me multiple op. Try some things. Like I'm okay with some misses. And B Bill Walton again is like a few misses, but overall he is he's entertainment, and that's what this thing's all about to me. Also yeah. entertaining. Go go ahead. Go ahead. Was was gonna say like this like college sports even played under normal circumstances are like kind of absurd, right? But now we have the most you you're taking something we love college sports and I and I take it seriously and I like cover it from a like analytical perspective but like they're they're like inherently silly and like what we're doing right now playing the Maui Invitational in Asheville while the broadcasters are in San Diego in Chicago <laughs> it's like it's kind of ridiculous so I don't mind having like the yeah. reminder there from Bill Walton that we should all be sort of like thankful this is happening um, and just like enjoy it while it can. So yeah, Walton makes, I enjoy him normally. And I felt like yesterday, he's just a delightful psycho. Like he just is, you know? And so I enjoyed having him, uh, calling the games. I think he, and maybe, or maybe it's the being at home, but I think Corey Alexander, maybe he feels the, you know, because Bill Walton does it, he feels the ability to breathe a little bit more than he does on the old school, you know, Raycon yeah. Justin pilot broadcast. But I find him very enjoyable. He's, he talks about his days with the Spurs. He talked about how mm -hmm. they were tanking to get yeah. Tim Duncan. Um, he was great and, and last the, night. And the Celtics. And I got the like, that's a little bit of the Walton influence of him just like kicking back. Um, also, shout out to uh, Corey Alexander's beard, who apparently yeah. was influenced by Walton. But I, I feel like it's brought out a different side of him that I've really, really enjoyed. Um, yeah, I like fun. Corey. The the stuff about Jason Tatum and Jason Tatum's dad last night that was that was really really funny. Yeah, and and as long as we're get, doing getting texts from Rashid Wallace during yeah. the show about <laughs> give me a camping world, yeah, team. amazing. Yeah, yeah, he was getting uh, so. texts. He was getting texts from Monty Williams. That's pretty cool. He coaches the yeah. Phoenix Suns, by the way. Um, but also, if we're doing announcer shout outs, shout out to Jason Benetti who was doing the play by play with Bill Walton. Jason Benetti. Benetti a Wake Forest Law School grad, and also wow. the former voice of the High Point Panthers men's basketball team, which is now wow. a position held by our buddy, uh, Darren Vaught. Pretty wow. cool. Yeah. Nice North Carolina ties there. I love yep. how Van Pelt always shouts him out, Benetti. Um, mm -hmm. All right. He's all, he's great. Next up, Brian Geisinger. Are you ready for some Wednesday afternoon football? <laughs> uh, I'm not an NFL historian. I can't tell you if NFL has ever been played on a Wednesday afternoon, but the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens are going to do just that. Are you fired up for some Wednesday afternoon NFL, BG? Uh, no, I'm not. Although, if we can find another practice squad receiver with North Carolina ties to be a quarterback for that game, then, yeah, I would be, I would be slightly more intrigued. But, no, 
I'm uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna watch that at all. The NFL is doing everything they can not to either cancel a game uh, or or to keep the either make a team forfeit, which would keep the schedule balanced. But then you're sort of blaming a team for getting COVID when we know it's you can, yeah. you can follow the precautions <laughs> and still get it by virtue yeah. of just playing this game. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's also in the afternoon because the <laughs> M- NBC had the rights to the game. So it was supposed to be a Sunday night game, right? So they kept yeah. the rights to it. It was going to be a Tuesday night game, and then it got pushed to Wednesday. But NBC did not want to move the Rockefeller tree lighting. Now <laughs> we talk about how like there are a few things that the NFL can't steamroll. Apparently, yeah. that is one of them. Christmas. Um, oh, and this, oh yeah, yeah. I forgot. This was originally a Thanksgiving game, then a Sunday night game, then a Tuesday night game, then a Wednesday afternoon game. And yeah, Christmas may be the one thing that could stop the NFL. Um, my my big thing. You you're not in any. Uh, you don't play fantasy NFL anymore, do you? You're no, this is my from it. this is my first season in like 15 years not playing fantasy. I'll be honest. I don't miss it. Um, It also leads me to believe, you know, everyone has always said for years that Roger Goodell, his bosses are the owners. You know, it turns out Roger Goodell's boss is Santa Claus. That's uh, that's that's what this proves. Okay, (laughs) he he owns him. Uh, Look, I am playing fantasy. And let me tell you something. I've told you this before. (laughs) The reason I play fantasy is not to win or lose. It's I'd rather win than lose. Sure. But I really don't care. But I am in it for drama and arguments mm-hmm. and we yeah. are about to have one i i and i know this is happening in, in in many leagues i am up against someone that i currently have a lead on and they have multiple players in this game and so if it doesn't play obviously they would have played some other people if they could have right and so yeah. i mean like this guy easily is going to crush me he has like like juju smith schuster Aaron, like four guys in the game and i'm leading by a couple points so i guarantee you if this game gets ends up not getting played or for some reason you know they they punt it to the next week i don't think that's the plan right now in fantasy leagues but if they do we're going to have a brawl and i don't know what side is the is the right answer on that but i know what side i'm taking and that is my side yeah Um, but it's it's about to be uh on so i'm uh, i'm intrigued to see what's going to happen with this uh the nfl schedule um continues to be I, I saw somebody put it as the nfl playing sudoku with their schedule so um. <laughs> I, I don't mean like that's that's as close to the plan as it seems to be right like i don't, I don't know what the nfl is like it just I, I don't know what the the plan was this season other than to just like play all the games at whatever cost you know yeah um it, it, it just the, the 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 amount of delays the way things are being delayed um it doesn't seem like it's actually uh you know gonna do the thing of like keeping people safe. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm just, but this, I will say the first time I've missed playing fantasy this season is what you just mentioned, which is that I would, the discourse would be fun. Like the longstanding league that I was in, this would have been like a fun thing to have been like debating over this. This yeah. is the one time I've missed it now. Um, you don't miss going against Tyree kill in fantasy when you think no. you're off to a good start. I do not. All right, research team has told us that the last Wednesday NFL game was a season opener in 2012 between the Giants and Dallas. That's very annoying. Why, huh. why did they play a season opener on a Wednesday? I wanted this to be something cool. And no way yeah. that game was at 4 o'clock. The previous one before that was 64 years before 2012. So that that one I'll take. Like I, I'm huh. sure in the olden times they played uh, whenever they could like get, a, get an open field. <laughs> um, 
So Steelers Ravens Wednesday afternoon football. Next thing that you could talk about at lunch. Stay off you, the weed. Brian guys, do you buy that Mike Tyson's do you buy Mike Tyson's take that weed does not affect his boxing performance after his about Saturday night? Mike Tyson says it has no effect on me from a negative standpoint. It's just what I do and how I am and how I'm going to die. There's no explanation. There's no beginning. There's no end. The last part, I 100% agree with, with Mike Tyson. There is no beginning. There is no end. He just exists. <laughs> uh, he also said, listen, I can't stop smoking. I smoked during fights. I just had, now how the heck do you smoke during fights? That yeah, I got to know. That's not I have possible. To smoke. I'm sorry. I'm a smoker. I smoke every day. I never stop smoking. He's talking about smoking weed. Do you believe that Mike Tyson, um, his performance is not affected by smoking weed boxing yeah I, i'll buy it um i mean like i i don't think he's the first athlete to to sort of like maybe maybe he's the most blatant but there have been plenty of like you know wink wink nod nod uh these these you know football players or basketball players are also like they're smoking weed and playing sports too like obviously like it, you know if you inhale thc yes there is going to be some sort of bodily reaction to that but different people probably react differently to that. And for some people, yeah, maybe it does improve athletic performance. Like who am I, who am I to judge what he's telling me? Um, you know, the, the thoughts and feelings and in, in the, you know, how physical he can be sure. while on a, on a, on a drug like weed. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, I buy, I do buy Mike Tyson's explanation. I buy it 100%. Uh, yeah. Let, 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 how about from this standpoint? Especially if it's a, a habit he developed like at a young age and really has kept with it, like smoking before fights. First of all, let me let me say this: whatever percentage of professional athletes you think have used drugs or alcohol during a game, not just now. I'm not saying current athletes. I'm saying yeah. all time, I, and because I'm betting the percentages have probably stayed about the same. That would be my guess if we <laughs> yeah. re really yeah. could get the truth out of everybody. Maybe changed some based on availability and things like that, or like. You know, whatever, uh, you know, spikes like cocaine, spikes that mirrored the drug usage in the country at the time. You yeah. Know, might, but other than that, whatever you think that number is, like triple it, maybe more. <laughs> like I guarantee, yeah. especially if you're just saying at, at any time, not not did it every game, not, you know, like ever during it. Like a lot of people would say. I, you could never do that during a professional sporting event. There is probably some athlete that you admire and think would never and definitely did. So let's get that out of the way. Now, yeah. how many of them would say it helped their performance? Um, who knows? A smaller amount, but I am totally willing to buy it too. Because here's my other um, point on Mike Tyson. Would it be easy if I tried to convince you that Mike Tyson might have some mental health issues? Would you agree with that, uh, Brian Geisiger? Would you Would yeah. you believe me if I told you that were true? Yes, I would believe yes. you. Yes, and and if he and if these uh, these were mental health things that probably growing up as a poor kid in the eighties were undiagnosed and untreated, um, yeah, would, you could probably believe that too. You could see where maybe any type of uh, anxiety relief or anything in his brain might be mm -hmm. something that would have a positive effect. So I could one hundred percent believe it. We've seen Robert Garrigus was a golfer who talked about being better smoking weed. We've seen like ultra marathon runners. I feel like there's like a high percentage of them that say like, it's, you know, obviously that's doing yeah. some crazy stuff to your body. So you can see why doing something weird on the opposite end would be uh, actually helpful. So I'm totally willing to buy Mike Tyson on this. Um, it's like, what, that, go, go ahead. Just like, what would be the most off the top of your head? 
Like, what would be, if you were a professional athlete, what would be like the most difficult day-to-day -day aspect of that? You know, like what, what would it be? Yeah. The, just the grind, just the, yeah, just, it, the, the grind and the, uh, and like for me, I've talked about this before. Like I could never be a baseball pitcher. I could never be a mm -hmm. singles tennis player. I could play doubles. I could play basketball. Cause again, like I just, there's something about the team dynamic, but yeah. at a major level, I could never be a pitcher. Not cause I'm not good enough. I'm not, but mentally like, I would just like freeze up at, you know, I throw two balls and I'm done. Like I'm going to, now, yeah. now I'm going to throw 15. And so, yes, absolutely. I'd be open to seeing if I had anywhere near the talent, if something like smoking weed would have me just calm down and relax when things aren't going great and be able to just pull out of those skids. Yeah. What 100% like it's, it's there. It's something to help you relax, remove anxiety. It's certainly better than you like taking a pill before a game or something like that. And I think there's been plenty of uh, NFL players that have sort of come out and said this, like from a pain relief standpoint, it's a big deal too. So like if it helps with both your mental and physical recovery and you don't have to rely on a pill that could become habit forming. Uh, yeah. Like it's, it's very easy to see how this thing could be a, uh, a tool used by professional athletes to keep up their performance. So yeah, I buy Mike Tyson and I buy any other athlete that has said, this has been like something that they've used either as a recovery method or something to help them sort of like calm down and relax when they were feeling stressed because their jobs and lives are all in the public eye. Yeah, and obviously amounts matter too. I mean, don't if you yeah. mention the stereotypical yeah, yeah. like you know Dave Chappelle and half baked to the first time they ever smoked is just like zonked out. Like, yeah, no, you cannot yeah. do a boxing match then. If you you know have a small amount and a big person, like it might just have the desired effect without many of the negative effects. But instead, I'll just turn it over and welcome in the weather moose. Moose, what's happening? Permar, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well. I don't know why we even bother with sounders for you when the sound. Like, you're doing that on purpose. You're jangling <laughs> the wind chimes. Dude, that I is not, not a natural breeze. Hurricane I'm season not... is over, Moose. Buddy, we've got we've got uh, tropical storm remnants out here today, son. It is breezy. <laughs> Get out of Ooh. here. Yeah. Get out of here. Why, why do you stand with the, the phone <laughs> literally inside the wind chimes? Why do you look? This do is. This? I, I've got to hold one end of the opal string on the pole. I got to do a lot of different things, Permar. It just happens to be right by the wind chime where I got to stand to get the best connection to get to you. All right, Moose. Uh, yeah. Go ahead and get to it so I can shame you about it afterwards. Uh -oh. uh, where are we going for the honorary Joko of the week? Well, we have a bit of an unprecedented situation this week for the Joko of the week. We, we the, com the committee tried real hard to come to a consensus but just couldn't do it. So we decided to issue Co-Jokos of the Week, Permar. Co-Jokos wow. of the Week. Yeah. Wow. That's right. Who do you, have, have you, you think you are? The, the ACC? Just the, like we're, handing out know, participation trophies now? All well, right. yeah, the committee also, we, we decided if we can spread the love as much as we can, we decided we could do it. But have you ever found yourself in a position where you zigged, maybe you should have zagged, or when you swayed instead of swayed to instead of swaying fro? Kind of like, sure. you know, my, my old cousin Delroy who tried to jump over instead of to the side of the Corolla that was driving at him. You know, Lord, we, we miss that man. May he rest in pieces. <laughs> our, uh, our two winners found themselves in those positions this weekend where the pressure of the situation may have gotten the better of them. And that's why we're proud to announce our co-Jokos of the week are none other than NC State quarterback Bailey Hockman and Syracuse quarterback Rex Culpepper. 
And I, I'll say this right now. Syracuse is one of the worst teams in the league per mar, and NC State is one of the worst teams in the league that's catching all the breaks. I'm going to be honest with you about that. God, you're mean. Just mean, to be, man. To be fair to both guys, neither one of them should be playing. Am I wrong? Both State and Syracuse lost their quarterbacks of choice to lower leg injuries early this season. Devin Leary is out. Tommy DeVito is out. Not, nice. you know, no relation to Danny DeVito as far as I know. But they, they've been – both of them been playing, you know, admirably. Unfortunately, they had two of the biggest brain farts you'll ever see a quarterback have in a game, in the same game, all right? Her, let's let's go to Hockman first. He had first down from his own 10, and I believe this was right after Bam Knight inexplicably ran the ball out of the end zone nine yards deep on a kickoff for some stupid reason. But anyway, Hockman dropped back to pass, got pressured. He ran around like that kid in the Little Giants. (laughs) Blow the whistle! And then he promptly, promptly flung the ball backwards out of the end zone as he was going down. I mean, it was pretty – and let me – I don't know if anybody else noticed this. I'm sure folks did. But but big ups to the officials who actually threw flags for intentional grounding, not really (laughs) realizing that a backwards pass is a fumble. So, yeah, heads up up play by those fellas. They waved it off. They waved it off. Yeah. But fortunately for Hockman, he was able to rally, you know, come back and state took a 36-29 to lead late in the fourth quarter. But – but like another Joko of the Week nominee, Nate Robinson, people are only going to really remember what you did to be lying face down looking like a fool, okay? <laughs> sure. So, um, and, and also, also, Hockman, like, they, I feel like refs go out of their way to not give you a safety if, if yeah. you're the, the, the quarterback. Like, if at any point, you know, when you in your drop back, when you were out of the end zone, they'll call it forward progress as yeah. long as you know, you know, you don't. Throw the ball out the back of the end zone. Anyway, I, I, I think they were they were they would have done that because they could have said, "Oh, you know, he was in the grasp at about the yes, one." At the and one. then, and, then yeah. and I think homeboy, the, the official was getting ready to do that, and then he goes, "You just threw it out the back." <laughs> I can't help you there, buddy. I really <laughs> yeah. you you took an you taken away any benefit of the doubt there. So anyway, he he manages to uh, to rally state back, takes the lead late, and cue our next hero, Rex Culpepper, who had himself a day, boys. He was actually playing really well. He uh, he was leading Syracuse on the game tying drive at the end of the game. Was all the way down to the NC State seven with less than seven seconds to no, go or thirty no, seconds to go. No. Ends up getting sacked on no. third down. Hurries everybody back to the line. We got to get it off. Got to no, get it off. No, One more shot no. with time expiring. He takes the snap and fires it right into the turf <laughs> on fourth down. And our man, West Durham, has the call. All right, you'll have to hurry quickly. Can't spike it. It you is fourth go. down. Can't spike it. They get it snapped and he spikes it. And he spikes and the it. Ball game will end. Can't spike it. It's yeah. just, yeah. Beautiful All Syracuse right. football. So, congrats to Bailey Hockman and Rex Culpepper for being Kojo Co's of the week this week. A first in history, I believe. I could be wrong. That's entirely possible. For their victory, we're sending both guys a copy of Uncle Rico's quarterbacking and time traveling on VHS and a pair of apple turnovers from Richard's Tasty Patriots out in Crocker's Nub, where each pastry is meticulously iced by hand in order to ensure that each one is warm, sticky, and sweet. So, congratulations to those two this week for more moose all right a couple things one okay how did hockman get off the uh i've mentioned his fumble out the back of the end zone that uh that took yeah. away a touchdown like how, how did that escape the nomination um and two Ooh. 
here's I said this yesterday, but it bears repeating. Rex Culpepper is a cancer survivor. I feel like <sighs> as a survivor of testicular cancer playing quarterback, uh-huh. he should be absolved of all I can what is up with the wind chimes? The wind chimes. It's, Seriously? It's breezy. It's breezy, Perb. Hey, let me ask Get you away, this. Te- move Lan- away from Lan- them. Lan- Rex Culpepper, testicular survivor. More power to him. Lance Armstrong is also a testicular survivor, but that doesn't stop us from just bending him over to Coles on this. You yeah, know what I'm saying? That, yeah, but that's about the bad things he does, not about making mistakes as an, as an athlete. I don't know, man. Mm. And then the other thing, mm. I pointed this out. Yes, you do need to know that it's fourth down. However... Right as he's going under huddle, he looks to his right, and the guy has not changed it from third down to fourth down, whatever you call that thing. <laughs> not the yard markers, but the yard, yeah, whatever the yardage sign. We'll, uh, so we'll the, say the down, the, I mean, the downside, the down marker. There we go. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry, uh, it, it's stuck on three, and then he goes back under, and as he's snapping, uh, it's a fourth, a fourth yeah. down. Yeah, I mean, well, and there are a lot of people that failed Mr. Culpepper on this play, you know, the down marker guy, the coaches. All his uh, not, not maybe adequately informing him of the situation, calling a, a you know, he got sacked in the situation, so yeah, none of his receivers were open. And then his All receivers right. jogging back lackadaisically to lie. I mean, but, you know, you're the one that spiked it on fourth down, buddy. At the end of the day, you're the one that did it. That's so. true. Uh, all, Tom yeah. Brady did it too. And anytime you're mentioned in the same breath as Tom Brady, that's a good thing. Hey, Moose. Yeah, I mean, I'm, there's br- there's bright sides and silver linings. I'm coming to your house and I'm breaking your wind chimes before your next appearance. <laughs> we'll talk to you later this week for the weather report. Appreciate it, man. Count Sometimes up, Dennis Cox it, will ask the guest up, what he wants up, to have as his uh, music coming back in. I'm guessing he didn't do that this time. No. Maybe. I'm not. No. May, maybe no. Patrick Johnson. Thanks uh, for putting me on the spot. Patrick and I were no. actually chatting, and I got to yeah. a point and looked to like, oh, there's t- 10 seconds left in the break. Dennis and I are here talking shop, and then, yeah. I, look, my producer does it to me all the time, and I have no idea what he's playing. I just roll with it. I quit letting that bother me years ago. I, I realize I'm the old guy in the room. No, no, no. I, I wouldn't say anything about it. I was just observing. Oh, you're not saying anything? That it's not <laughs> just, likely. But you're just saying something. I'm just saying it was not likely oh, that this hmm. – I, I would not have guessed that Patrick Johnson was a big J. Cole guy. Now, I do know Patrick Johnson appreciates not only the great state of North Carolina, but mm-hmm. the eastern half of that state very well. So sure. It would it would not shock me if he had decided – if he was not a huge hip-hop fan but said, you know what, J. Cole seems like a guy kind of like me, grew up in this you know similar neighborhood that I did. I might like him, so I could. I, I'm not saying that you couldn't. Just saying it would not have been my first guess. I love my people down in Fayetteville. My guy Bill McMillan down there. So yeah, I'm 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 fine with J Cole. Sure. All right, quiet for a minute. Let me introduce you. He is sure. Patrick Johnson from 94.3 The Game. You can check him out in Greenville. Um, check him out from five to six every day. Do I have that right? And follow him. On that Twitter is right. At- it's the greatest shift in radio. By the way, Hayes, uh, second Man, time, long time. Great to be with yeah. you again. That's and it. Twice. I'm, I'm that's shocked. It. That's all you've been on. Yeah. I'm, I, uh, but I'm, I'm a P1 when I can listen, baby. I'm all over. Not today, P, but usually. You're a P man. Also, I, yeah. I, maybe I don't have you on as much because you have Josh Goodson on your show all the time, and I'm, I'm rarely invited. I'm only, I only can count on my invitation to come break down the Fourth of July hot dog eating contest. <laughs> That's the only time I know. And I don't even know how I landed that role. I have no well, idea. Years ago, back on a different Raleigh station, we would uh, have you on because I was so desperate for guests and didn't want (laughs) cheese ball content. And um, we got Permar on sports going because we were in the same building and that took off. And so 
because we had to work every holiday, um, uh, we we worked Fourth of July. Right. It seemed like that's true. That's and, right. Yes. Now we yeah. didn't be in there doing a David Glenn best of show, but yeah, we'd yeah. be in there. And right. uh, so I would just pull you over and we'd talk the hot dog contest. But I, I for I've already got you booked, whether you know it or not, for our final kind of before Christmas show, uh, okay. the festivist show on the twenty third. So you're you're in I'll, if you want to be. Air- I'll come air some grievances for sure. I would love it if you do that. Um, you are uh, the second guy that I came to. The first guy I went to to talk ECU football was my man, oh, Big, Irv, Big Irv on Ocean, in Ocean Isle. Uh, he uh-huh. gets tells, gets everything off the boneyard.net. Um, oh. d- yeah, Pirates Club member. He's dialed right. in. But when I can't get him, I come to you, Patrick <laughs> Johnson, uh, Big to talk about Irv. Hey, Pat, you would love Big Irv. I'll introduce you to you sometime at his tailgate. You gotta, you gotta. You know who him. I like is Who's the that? Carolina fan you guys had on because I'm sure, I'm sure he's Con- a pirate football fan too, right? Condescending right? UNC fan. Um, Condescending I- UNC fan. He is also a a pirate football fan, right? Uh, there nah, we go. No, nah, as a uh, as a, as a source of amusement, he might like uh, pirate football, but no, nah, no, nah, he's he's died in the wool. Um, right, Carolina that was Blue. a shout out more for Goodson. No, nah, you know, I know, his, I know, I know. It's his bit. Uh, yes, uh, but no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's how it goes, man. That's how it goes when the yeah. don't fly. Now, ECU yeah. football finished the season at three and six. Would you rather grade them with uh, school age letter grades mm-hmm. on a one to ten scale, or do you want to go mm-hmm. full zero to one hundred? That's first. You got to pick your grading scale before we give a grade. Patrick I'll Johnson. go zero to one hundred. I think that's. Uh, I, I like that. That gives you a little more room and maybe some more nuance. Sure. Although you know, on a zero to ten scale, you can just go to the first decimal place and it'd be the same thing. But whatever. Keep going with the zero <laughs> to one hundred. All right. Where? Where uh, where are you going to place them on the zero to one hundred scale? A three and six season that should have. I, I don't want. I know everybody has four games in their mind that the refs lost for them. Shut sure. up! I don't want to hear it. The only game that I'm awarding this year as an actual win in the win column because the refs stole it is the ECU Tulsa game. Right. So a legit. It should have been a four and five, a three and six season, year two of the Mike Houston experience. Uh, mm-hmm. What are we grading the Pirates at? Okay. You, you know, Hayes, when I was in school at ECU, very, uh, very lackadaisical with my work. You know, I'd come in fired up to start the semester and then about midway through kind of get involved in other things. But I finished strong. Right. OK. OK. And usually by finishing strong, I was able to elevate my grade. Yeah. So I'm going to be overly optimistic here, like uh, the Denny O'Briens of the world and get, who's just jumped on the bandwagon again. And other pirate fans in Pirate Nation. And I'm going to go low B. I'm going to go like in that uh, 80s. Okay. Range. Well, probably 70s. Upper 70s. Yeah, maybe C. Solid C. Nice meaty part of the curve like I often did there when I was in Greenville and undergrad. So, yeah. All right. Um, so, C, win over SMU. To, uh, the unexpected. Oh, that was an A. That was tremendous. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying C for the season. And, yes, the Tulsa win, you're not going to get it. In, high uh, C. In the, a high, like a C++. Plus plus. And I might, um, I hear, extra credit might give them a low B. Yeah. Um, I hear that Mike Houston was talking this morning about the state of the program that he inherited. Is that something you want to hear from your head coach, or do you think that he should be keeping things more positive since the performance on the well, field ended positive? I think he's being realistic. You know, there, there was a lot of uh, groaning and complaining at points this year, as you could imagine. Um, I mean, that was just part of the roller coaster. You know, everybody was happy to get the season going, and then – they lost at Georgia State, and the game 
really wasn't even that close. They got a couple special team scores. I mean, the zero and two start, one and three start, whatever. Not very, not a great start to this year. And uh, you know, I think what he started to talk about was uh, there were just little things that need. There was no accountability. That's what he said on the radio this morning on the sister station uh, to the, the station I broadcast on in Greenville. That is, sure. uh, you know, they there was just no accountability in the program. There weren't a lot of great character guys. I mean, Hayes, it's fair to say. From 2015 to 2018, the recruiting in Greenville was non-existent, essentially. Sure. They were just getting bodies. And, you know, I, I just, I think that sort of has, because the recruiting's been pretty pretty good the last couple of years, especially. And, I mean, by evidence that your leading rushers this year were two, two true freshmen, your best skilled people are all underclassmen. They've just got issues along the offensive line and, frankly, some issues in the secondary. And, they feel like they can address some of those through the transfer portal, but also JUCO, especially along the line. And, uh, you know, through just younger guys, uh, high school guys on the back end. So, uh, but, you know, the Cincinnati game, that, that this is how fickle. Imagine that, fans being fickle. Uh, you know, they got their doors blown out in Cincinnati. You know, the big story there was the post game uh, between the two coaches. And, uh, you know, but then beat a temple team. They should have beaten. They sure. were down to like a six string quarterback. And then obviously the SMU thing was shocking, especially the first half. It was you know, unreal 45, seven, and then kind of held on 52, 38, but that's a, that's a good win. There's a lot of people wanting to, to kind of ask, Hey, why didn't we schedule, you know, being able to, to kind of get uh, on uh, another game, you know, here in, in December, but a couple weeks ago, yeah. you know, it was, yeah, uh, I mean, they were down to two okay, scholarship okay. offensive linemen and two scholarship uh, guys in the on on the back end defensively. You know what would have happened there is if if COVID comes through, you, you're wiped out. You have no scholarship people. Yeah, nah, you know, I'm so fine that's with that. that's sort of the deal. Yeah, I'm fine with it. You know, with things ending how they did, it's going to be a yeah. weird year. Uh, right, I got less than a minute, but I've got to ask you, Holt Nailers, hometown kid, great story. Everybody in the program knows him. Is he uh, the and this is the big question for Mike Houston next year too? Is Holden Ayler's going to be able to take this team to a bowl game next year? You know, I think so. Holton was uh, probably as disappointed in this season and his performance this season as uh, anybody, uh, and uh, even said so after the game Saturday. So I, I would imagine that he will come back. You know, the thing is this: uh, his high school teammate, a kid, C.J. Johnson, is yet to go through a spring practice, and he yep. was a freshman of the year. Last year, receiving-wise, kind of had a bad sophomore year, but nobody's going to – this year doesn't count, Hayes. They get they get the year back, all of them. So the, the, the future's bright. The future's no, bright right. in Greenville. I'm going to up it to a B. Count. I'm going with a B. All right. A B a B minus for the uh, Pirates I'm of the season. I'm a softy. A softy, Hayes. Four or five. Uh, you are a big softy, and that's why we love mm. you. Follow him on P-Man mm-hmm. on air. Check him out. Patrick Johnson, 94-3 the game in Greenville. Good to talk to you, my friend. Hayes, great job. Good to talk to you. We'll see you soon. Who is the last person you should hire as your NFL strength coach? You don't have to answer that. I've got the answer for you. It leads okay. off. Football is dumb. The game is going to be decided by, you know, which team has the most points. Brian Geisker, did you hear that Houston Texans wide receiver Will Fuller, who's having a fantastic season, and cornerback Bradley Roby were suspended six games under the NFL's PED policy. And that's I did not hear that. Whatever, it happens. 
Okay, mm-hmm. so two guys suspended. Um, um, you know, I'm not one to, to judge. You know, whatever gets you through. I don't. I'm not big for cheaters, but you know, I don't pass a whole lot of judgment. Guys trying to uh, compete at the NFL level, you got to do strange things to your body. Whatever. If you got caught, don't do it again. Sure. But that brought a little bit of awareness to the Houston Texans' strength coach. Do you have any idea who it is? No clue. It's a guy named Brian Cushing. Do you oh, remember Brian guy. Cushing? That guy. Yes. God. Not, yes. Not, wow. only, <laughs> not, not only was he busted twice <laughs> for PEDs by the NFL, <laughs> at least twice, I think. And it's pretty like he embodied the roid rage linebacker yeah. psycho football yeah. player guy. Like he is that dude. Do you remember this dude? Yeah, I definitely do. The, a modern day Bill Romanowski. He got, I think he got popped with PEDs when he was playing for the Texans. Like, what did they think was going to yeah, happen? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> he got, he got popped with PEDs twice while playing with the, uh, um, the Texans. The second time he got a 10 game suspension. Um, again, one was early in his career. One was later in his career. And I'm not suggesting that Brian Cushing is supplying PEDs or is okaying or is green lighting PEDs. But when you have a two time PED offender <laughs> as your strength coach, you're sending a strong message, I think, to your players. We were uh, doing again, drugs. I said earlier, I don't, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't pass a whole lot of judgment because again i realize that you know there's millions of dollars at stake or whatever just like i mean i'm saying the same thing about you know i pass judgments on rapists and murderers and people who steal from poor people you, you know what i mean like sure. i save my serious judgment for that not necessarily ped offenders however if you're going to try and create a culture a healthy culture around your team having a guy that's twice busted <laughs> for peds in that position like the biggest meathead looking guy that we've seen in a long time in the biggest meathead position, uh, you know, stereotypically on every football team. It's just football. This, feel, PG. this feels like destiny, honestly. Does it not? Like Brian Cushing, like <laughs> yeah. w- once the football career was over, what was he going to do with his abilities? Well, uh, this seems like the logical progression for him, honestly. The only next logical progression for Brian Cushing is to be um, – Head coach of the New York Jets next season. Uh, that that would be. <laughs> that's like the ascension of football meatheadedness is yeah. NFL linebacker who uses steroids to strength coach to Jets head coach. <laughs> would, you, speaking would you would you of Jets on, would you head like, coach? Oh, go ahead, go like ahead. Sorry. Know, would you like? No, you're good. Would you like to know the final evolution of that though? The final link of all of this. Would you like to know what <laughs> yes. it is? The NFL, okay. Is it uh, Cowboys owner? No, 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 no. Although that's that's not a bad option. No, no, no. Have you ever watched like the long drive competitions, like the golf long drive competitions? <laughs> where, like, yeah, yes. Where like the guys go out to Vegas and just like it's like what Moose is going to end up doing. Where they go out to Vegas and they just bang drives yeah. like 500 yards or whatever. Yes. That's the logical progression from NFL strength coach with a, like a PED issue. Like the next thing you do in sports is you go become a long a golf long driver. <laughs> long drive. Yeah. Or I could definitely see him fighting Jake Paul at a pay-per-view boxing match sometime soon. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um, there I you could, go. I could see that being. Um, speaking of the Jets head coach, football is dumb because Adam Gase. Like, yeah. I could stop right there with Adam Gase. He has been dumb, and he's now twice 
hired in the same division as a head coach? Do I have that right? Wasn't he the Dolphins head coach? I'm not crazy there, right? You are correct. Correct. All right. Um, Adam Gase. Well, I don't know if you saw this non-controversy, but it's funny just because it's Adam Gase. One day after insisting that offensive coordinator Dowell Loggins, sorry if I've got that name wrong, has been calling <laughs> the majority of the plays in recent weeks, even though visual evidence indicated otherwise, Adam Gase came out and said, well, it's a collaborative effort throughout the game between the two of us. <laughs> he also said, for us to say like who's calling what, when, situation and those things, that's a competitive disadvantage. Um, you don't want opponents to know, is this guy calling runs? Is he calling the passes? Is he calling the play actions? Is he calling the empties? Who has third down? Who has... What are you talking about, football meathead? This came about because he's been claiming that the offensive coordinator's been calling the plays when it's very obvious on evidence that he is calling the plays. He even like <laughs> lied and said he was relaying the plays and that's all he was doing. But it's just so obvious based on like body language and everything that the offensive coordinator is not that into the game. Adam Gase is a prime example why football is dumb, BG. Look, if you're if your football coach is gonna be a pathological liar at least have his deceit help you win games, you know? Like, you're, this, is, yeah, exactly. this, this, yeah. is, this is just bad, uh, obvious lies to cover up a completely disastrous season amidst a disastrous franchise. And, yeah, like, I don't know. I guess Gase will be on TV or, or like, an offensive coordinator somewhere again uh, soon. But, like, I don't know. Do you think that this will – the way this has gone so poorly – um, and that he is, he's, you know, obviously getting caught inside of lies. Do you think that cost him a job at some point in the future? Or makes uh, yeah, it harder yes. to get one? I, I, yeah, like, how can you, I don't know. I, I, for, I don't know what he was good at. Was he a, was he a quarterback speaker? Was he an yes. offensive yeah. mastermind, like a play designer? What, like, I, you know, whatever, maybe he could be a quarterback. How could you <laughs> accept season ticket money from fans after hiring this man as head coach after his yeah. two stints so far, that is, just, I mean, with nothing else in between, no chance he gets rehired right now. I mean, I know the NFL gets a lot of things wrong, so nothing should shock us. I just cannot, but like I said, partly been so bad and then also seemingly just a bad person on top of it. So, no, I've, uh, I am not lining up for the, uh, for the next Adam Gase hire. Um, next up, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, when Lane Kiffin gets the Michigan job or whatever, uh, how about Adam Gase to Ole Miss? Let's, let's get that started here right now. Let's do it. Perfect. SEC is a great landing spot for him. Yep. Uh, all right. Next up on Football is Dumb. Speaking of lying. Play defense. Speaking of lying, <laughs> football can be fun sometimes, but not if you lie about it. Here was Baker Mayfield. Almost pulling a Cam Newton, you know, spotting the coverage. I, I, he wasn't even really, like, calling out the play, but reacting to the defense's reaction to his snap count. Here's what it sounded like. Is noticing the same thing. First 100-yard game for Landry. All right, in case you couldn't <laughs> catch it, he said he, he sort of gives a, a, a pre-count. The, the defensive line shifts, and he says, oh, that was effing cute, guys. Like to you know to the defense, like oh, like so, you know. To me, that's a fun moment. That's cool. It'd be even cooler if he then like you know changes the play call through for a touchdown, which I don't believe he did. But then after the game, here's Baker Mayfield being asked about that fun moment on the football field. The TV sound caught you saying as the Jags shifted pre-snap on one play. That was cute, guys. What's what's going on in the moment like that for you? Um, I don't know what you're talking about. 
You didn't say that. We, it was just like you were doing the snap count and the jag shifted. We could hear the sound at the line of scrimmage. We could hear you say that. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Brian Geisinger, why, why lie about that? Why, why would you not want I, – I get if you, like, say, hey, guys, we just, you know, we just lost. Or I don't even think they lost. You're like, hey, guys, we just played a tough game. I'd rather talk about the game. You want to say that politely? <laughs> but, like, just why, why lie about something so silly like that? Yeah, a couple things. Um, I guess the Adam Gase mentality is more pervasive in football uh, than, than maybe yeah. we even realized before playing that sound clip. Secondly, uh, you know, quarterbacks getting caught on hot mics, uh, you know, uh, making comments about whatever adjustments the defense will making. No, as you sort of said, it'll never be cooler than when Cam did it. Like, no. you, if you're, if you're going to get no. caught on a mic like that, calling out some, you know, the defense making an audible or whatever – then if you don't follow it up with like a front flip touchdown into the end zone like Cam did, it's just not as cool. I'm sorry. Like yeah. it's just not as cool. And secondly, how much of a like a a, a head rush and, and body high did the, the the journalist who asked the question yes. get when he yeah. said the F word like Tot on like Totally with you. Sorry, I was not trying to cut you off. This stinks no, being good. on remote. Sometimes we step on each other. I was just trying to like urge you on. But yes, keep going. Yeah. No, it's just like the I I can just see it all too easily, like the like how how cool how cool and, and charged up and bold this person felt by by dropping the f word uh, amidst a, uh, a a post game press conference with an NFL quarterback. Somewhere between ten and fifty percent of the reason that I'm going to go ten <laughs> to sixty percent of the reason that question was asked because the journalist says I'm going to be able to quote him and therefore <laughs> I'm going to be able to drop the f bomb on the Zoom call. Um, and maybe, maybe that was part of the, if Baker, if, if we knew in his mind, he was like, I'm shutting this down because I don't want to give this guy the satisfaction of mm -hmm. a getting to curse on the zoom call and B getting a cool answer out of me. If that were truly Baker Mayfield's mindset, I'm okay with it. Uh, and finally on football is dumb. You thought we had forgotten. You thought we had forgotten you <laughs> NFC East five twenty and one outside of the division. The Eagles annoyingly covered last night. If you bet on the Seahawks, I'm not saying that I did, but they dominated the entire game. Uh, I mean, they should have scored more points, but they didn't. But they dominated the game, and then the Eagles score late and go for two, which they should have done. I'm not knocking that. And they end up covering. So the, not only are the Eagles worthless in the standings, <laughs> they're worthless in gambling as well. But no, five, what do we say? Five, 20, and one outside of the conference. The New York <laughs> Giants are leading that division. And shout Let's out go. to uh, Daniel Jones, who's injured. We hope you get better soon. Four and seven Giants, four and seven Washington football team, three, seven, <laughs> and one Eagles, and three and eight Cowboys. It's pathetic. We, we're at the point now, BG, also, where every game they show you the playoff picture. So they've got like, in so the hunt. A, you've got the ridiculous like division leaders over here. And it's like, oh, yeah. Seahawks, Packers, Saints, Giants, four <laughs> and seven, just ridiculous. And then, yes, like the Eagles and the Washington football team are still being both mentioned as like the seventh team in the wild card race. It's like, dude, they're three and something. This is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, you're terrible in FC East and you are the reason. Football is dumb.
You've been listening to the best of Sports Channel 8, the radio show podcast. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. This podcast also drops every weekday at noon. Thanks again for listening to the best of Sports Channel 8, the radio show podcast.